for joining us for Woke Moments, a conversation on issues and hot topics impacting young generations. My name is Janet Kelly, and I am the Executive Director of Sanctuary of Hope, as well as your host. So now let's jump into a moment of awakening. Woke Moments. For our Woke Moments podcast that we've entitled empower a conversation about empowering community college students to thrive well first i want to say thank you all to our wonderful guests whom i am going to introduce shortly but before i do so i want to um, provide just a brief introduction and try to set the tone around today's discussion around empowering community community college students to thrive um, we know that the community college system is probably one of the most important higher education systems within our local communities and even nationally. Uh, one being its affordability, two being its convenience, and three with it being probably one of the best um, gateway institutions to workforce development, career development, and other opportunities for young people to advance in um, various areas of their lives. And even for us here at Sanctuary of Hope, more than 65% of our, our young people who participate in our programs are enrolled or are active students within the community college system, many whom who have plans to transfer, many who have plans to get an AA degree, or those who are just specifically attending community college to gain some um, workforce experience um, so that they're able to get at least a living wage job. We know that our young people in the uh, community college system are very resilient, smart, intelligent, um, young people as well as old people and we also have um, students who are working parents they're young parents they're they're older parents so you have a great diversity when you're talking about the community college system and so a lot of times folks don't really know or understand what it actually is who represents students what is it what is a trustee how can you have your voice heard? All those things which are very instrumental when we talk about helping young or helping students thrive, but also achieving some form of um, student success or, or academic achievement success. And so we're having this discussion today, one, because it is very important. Um, Throughout Los Angeles County, many individuals are on the ballots to represent those issues that are related to um, those who are within the community college system. And so we want to talk about it. And so at this current time, um, I'm going to introduce our first three guests. And then after that, we're going to have our students introduce themselves as well as um, pose questions to um, our our community college representatives that are with us today. And so the first person that I want to introduce is Jerry Anderson, who is an adjunct professor 
uh, and is all and who is also running as a candidate for the um, uh, um, Los Angeles Community College District uh, Board of Trustees. Our second person that we have with us is Scott Sabonkin, who is a current trustee with the Los Angeles Community College District and who is also, I believe, um, seeking re-election. And then last um, representative that we have within the Community College District, but who, who is connected to Los Angeles Trade Tech College is Carlin Manuel. And so first, um, let's start with you, Scott. Introduce who you are, what you do, and then we'll go to Jerry thereafter. Thank you so much. You know, it's such a, a pleasure to be with you today. Um, so I'm Scott Svonkin. I'm a current member of the Los Angeles Community College Board of Trustees. Um, I uh, was elected uh, nine years ago. Um, but I want to go back further. My history began as a high, I was a high school dropout. And uh, after dropping out of high school, I figured out with the help of my parents and others that I needed an education. And so I dropped back into a community college called Pasadena City College. Um, and I, the closest community college actually where my parents lived at the time was ELAC, East LA Community College. But my brother had gone to Pasadena City College, and so I followed in my older brother's footsteps. Um, Pasadena City College got, my, got me on track. Um, you know, I, I didn't go to high school except for a couple weeks. Um, and at Pasadena City College, they had a lot of classes that helped me get caught up. And so uh, I was able to get uh, to transfer to Cal State University Northridge, where I got a bachelor's degree. Um, and then I went to work for a very large uh, company uh, at the time. It was called Bullocks. It was a department store. I, I got in their management training program. I didn't know that I, that's what I wanted to do, but there was an on-campus recruiter that said I'd be great. And so um, I went from there to work for a company called Prudential Insurance of America. Worked for them for many years. They taught me a lot. They invested in training. Um, and then I decided I wanted to go into public service. Um, I did skip one thing though that was probably critical. When I was at Cal State Northridge, I got an opportunity through a friend to work for the mayor of Los Angeles and that mayor's name was Tom Bradley. Tom Bradley was the first African-American mayor of the city of LA. Um, he was a giant. He had uh, been uh, in the police, LA Police Department. Uh, he was a terrific mayor. He worked with every part of the community. Um, so I worked for Mayor Bradley, went to college while working for the mayor. Um, and I knew then that I wanted a, a career in public service, but I just didn't know how to get there. So that's how I ended up with a, a retail, a huge retail company like Bullocks, um, which is now Macy's or, you know, one of those companies. Um, the insurance company was just a detour, someplace to, I found a good job. I worked there, I worked my way up. I started answering telephones when I went to work for Prudential. I was in customer service. And then I got promoted and promoted and promoted and I left there as a national director. Um, but then I wanted to go back into government and so I got a job when I left uh, Prudential working for a, a guy named Paul Koretz and I worked for the city of West Hollywood. Today, Councilman Koretz is on the LA City Council but when I worked for him, he was first in the West Hollywood City Council, then he was a member of the California legislature. 
Mm -hmm. um, the LA Community College District, so you know, I'll, I'll help Jerry and anyone else. Um, we're the largest district in the country. We represent half of the county. We represent five million people. Um, and uh, we have nine colleges across LA. Um, there are other community colleges that aren't ours, um, but I took a weird path, as you could tell. You know, I was a high school dropout, I went to college, um, and then I, I started working. I will tell you, um, being on the community college board was a, a surprise in many ways. No, nobody thought I would win because I wasn't, you know, um, I wasn't rich, I was, I, my dad's a school teacher, um, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, she started working part-time at some point in our lives. Um, but I come from a, a school teacher's family. I'm one of five kids. Um, but community college turned my life around, and so I wanted to give back. So that's why I ran. That's why I'm, I'm running for re-election one more time, because our students are hurting. And, you know, I was one of those students that didn't take the normal path. A lot of our students are second-chance students, are people that didn't do well in high school. You know, I don't have a high school diploma, just so you all know. I have no high school diploma. I do have a bachelor's degree. And then a few years ago, I actually went back to PCC and got my AA degree, which is backwards, but it worked for me. So uh, that's a little, <laughs> a little bit about my story. I will tell you one other thing. Um, while I was president, I've been president of this board three times. I'm not currently president, um, but I was president three times. And the, the other six members elect you. And right. while I was board president, I got a call from the White House. And I wasn't sure if it was real or if it was fake. I mean, why would the White House call me? You know, I'm nobody special, you know? Well, I got asked by the staff for President Barack Obama to serve on a board because he had an idea. President Obama had an idea that he talked about in a State of the Union speech, which is the speech the president gives once a year to the, yes. to the American people. And he, it's called America's College Promise. And President Obama wanted the Congress to make college free for one uh, for two years for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, at the time, the Congress was controlled by Republicans and they wouldn't do it. So we, our job was to try to find other ways to make college free. Well, I got a chance to work with President Obama. I was flown uh, to Warren, Michigan. I'd never been in Warren, Michigan. I didn't know where Warren, Michigan was, but I was brought to a, a, a col community college in Michigan. I was in a room with 30 other people who President Obama had had his staff bring together to work on this. And uh, a few years, about a year later, I got talked to, I got, was at an event and Mayor Garcetti came up to me and said, hey, Scott, I want to help make college free. And so he and I began what's called the LA College Promise. And it's one year of free. Then California did, the governor of California did one year of free for every community college. And then Governor Newsom did two years free. So today, if you've never been to college, you can go to community college for two years for free, no fees. There are other expenses, but we can help with those. But that's sort of my story. And the thing I'm most proud of is that I, even though I didn't say yes when the White House called, the first time I called them back mm -hmm. and I said yes, I got to work with the White House. I got to visit the White House. I got to take my 10-year-old my son to the White House once. Um, wow. because of my being on the college board. So I'm right. so very, very lucky. Um, you won't meet anybody luckier in the, in the world than me because I went from being a high school dropout to being on the largest community college board in the nation. And I got to help 
the mayor of Los Angeles make community college free in LA. So All that's right. my Thank story. You. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for that. And so, uh, Jerry, Jerry Anderson, can you please share um, a little bit about yourself and your involvement and connection with the Los Angeles Community College District? Uh, yes, thank you. And thank you for the opportunity to speak to the group. Uh, I consider it an honor. My name is Jerry Anderson, and I'm running for seat three of the Los Angeles Community College District Board, seat three. Jerry Anderson. I've been a business and entrepreneurship instructor within the district since 2008. And my story is, is somewhat similar with Scott's. I actually dropped out of high school, dropped out of Crenshaw High School, and dropped back into West LA and ended up going on to Arizona State to complete my Master of Business Administration. Uh, I, and so I've been in the shoes that a, a typical non-traditional student has had to, uh, to travel uh, in their journey from, from from going from high school and, and, and transitioning into uh, uh, whatever career path they, they, they sought. I've, 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 I've walked in those shoes in a, in a non-traditional sort of way, so I understand the, the issues that uh, non-traditional students uh, face. I understand that, that the, the, the issues that affect academic success are those issues that, that, that intrude upon a person's life. Uh, and, and what I mean specifically in this pandemic environment, we've got food insecurity, we've got housing insecurity, we've got in income insecurity, all of those insecurities plus every other insecurity that you can uh, come up with, those are the things that contribute to students dropping out and, and or otherwise deferring uh, their educational goals and dreams. And so if, if we can somehow manage to, to bring uh, the, 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 the wraparound services provided by the district, bring a total quality of life approach to them to address all of those peripheral things outside, in addition to academics. Now, we still have to concentrate on academics. I've seen the, the high school math scores uh, for LAUSD, and, and, and they're, they're, they're appalling, but, but we'll put a pin in that and come back to that at some other time. But the, the, the wraparound services as a whole need to be improved so that those issues of life don't detract from the educational pursuit. Uh, I, I come endorsed by the Los Angeles Times, uh, as well as the Los Angeles Sentinel newspapers. In fact, the, the, the LA Times wrote about me, uh, Anderson rises above several other candidates uh, in this race, and that I'm a better option than the incumbent uh, uh, for the seat three. And, and, and because I, I believe that endorsement comes in large part because of that total quality of life approach I take to student success and, and those things that would detract the student from their educational goals. If we could find a way to address those and address those in a meaningful, impactful way, then I think student uh, outcomes would be better. We would increase the uh, amount of students, the percentage of students graduating, and we would actually shorten the amount of time that it would take to graduate at the same time. And, and thus we would make the experience a little bit better for them to go on to that four-year educational pursuit or to enter the workforce as a, a skilled laborer. And my candidacy at this particular time is extremely important because there are no blacks on the board right now. And the last thing that we want is to be the hardest hit community for the pandemic and then to be systematically shut out of the recovery efforts that will flow through the community college system by way of educational programs and training programs 
and, and financial aid and funding programs. And so we want to make sure that we have a seat at the table so that all of those other total quality of life issues can be addressed and not only be addressed, but be accessible by those in, in, in communities of color. And so that's my pitch uh, as to why uh, I'm uh, 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 the best choice for C3 on the Los Angeles Community College District Board. And I'm, uh, I'm honored to be a part of this discussion. Uh, Scott will be able to shed more light on the previous deliberations and the, and, and the, the current goings on, whereas I would be more than happy to share any uh, aspect of my total quality of life approach. Well, great, Jerry. Thank you so much for sharing your, your background and the reason for why you're running, because for us here at Sanctuary of Hope, for those, for you who may not even know, is that we work with some of the most, um, I say most resilient young people, many who've had histories um, of housing insecurity, uh, juvenile um, justice involvement, uh, poverty, so it's the, the whole gamut and, and, and because we, we are centered within the South Los Angeles community, as well as in the Northern South Bay area, I mean, the ensuring that our young people have their voices heard as well as their voice at the table is extremely critical and important to us. And so, um, our other guest that we have is Carla Mango. I always say this because I always have to do this little preface about Los Angeles Trade Tech College just because it's one of the greatest community college institutions that I love to work with. One, because of the level of student support. And if there's um, an issue, I can always find a go-to person for a student um, to connect with and, and the the cross exchange has always been very welcoming and supportive um, for not only our agency, but just our students in general. And so we have Carla with us and I'm very happy to have him here because one, um, he's, I, I think he's a great representative of, of student support than, than um, most people will be able to find at, at certain institutions, especially those working within those institutions. So Carlin, please share a little bit um, about yourself and the work that you do at the college. Okay, uh, yeah, I'm Carlin Benuel. I am the reentry coordinator um, at LA Trade Tech. So I work with anyone that has been in the juvenile justice system, whether they've been a teen, um, adult, um, men, women, anyone on the scope of wanting to get into the educational career goals, I'll be the one to be more than happy to help you get to where you want to go. I don't believe in dictating where you should go. I believe in assisting you along the way. Um, that comes from a life of service. I've always been about service. Um, even when I was a, a child, my grandmother used to take me into a lot of the homes for poor people and I would go help serve food. And that started before I can remember even talking. <laughs> it was like, you know, uh, just she started that path for me, you know, always telling me never, never, what she told me, never sniff yourself and realize that you're better than people. You're always on the same level as everyone else. So it started there. And I was born in the islands. Um, I moved to Brooklyn, um, joined the Marine Corps, and then I came out to LA and I haven't looked back to New York since. I can't deal with the cold weather. Um, <laughs> I'm from the islands. I need the heat. I love LA. I ain't going nowhere. Uh, I'm staying in LA. I've been in 
num numerous neighborhoods in LA, but primarily I'm in South LA. Um, uh, but you know, just it's about service and it's about being a public. It's me. I'm about a being a agent of change and an agent of service. So when the position came up to apply for the reentry coordinator, I loved it because one of the four populations I work with a lot are formerly incarcerated, foster youth, the elderly, and veterans. So I figured in one point in your life, you're going to be in one of those groups, right? And you cannot avoid being elderly. That's coming. So, you know, <laughs> so one way or another, we're going to get to work together. And it's really about, you know, I am, I am not a politician in any way. I'm just a public servant. And I believe in serving those. And I've worked with Ms. Kelly um, numerous times. I love her work. I always tell her this. I'm like, yo, you're a gatekeeper. You're a phoenix. You're a, you know, bad something, you know, and she does the work. And, and I love that. And I, I just feed off that. So whatever I can do to help and assist you, absolutely. Will you get my phone number after we hang up and we're done with this? Absolutely. And we can talk and I can help you get to where you want to go. And I firmly believe in resources. I love resources. Mm -hmm. I actually created an Instagram page right when COVID started. Um, I created an Instagram page. It's called Reentry Pathway Resources. Everything from food to clothes to housing, everything is on there. Everything. I try to, as soon as I get it, I give it out because I firmly believe information, if you keep it to yourself, it's information. If you share it, it's resource. You know, so it's reentry pathway resources. And you go there, follow, like, do whatever you need to do, grab resources, but you will have my phone number by the time we end here today. And if you need any help, call me at any time. I know. Call me anytime. Call me up till 1 30 in the morning. That's it. Don't call me. <laughs> All right. Now some of us will hey, Miss Kelly. Carlin. So Scott, can you explain to our audience what does a trustee do? And sure. even for our students, how can they have a seat at the table and have their voices heard? That's a great question. That's a great question. Um, I want to, I want just want to make a mention while we may not, uh, we may have other people that do the same job as uh, Carlin, mm -hmm. you know, his passion is incredible. And yes. we do have people at other colleges, just so the students know, you know, we have nine colleges from the top of the San Fernando Valley to the um, South Los Angeles. We've got Harbor West uh, and uh, we have Har Harbor West and Southwest, all three of those in the South. And we have three in the San Fernando Valley and in between. So we have people doing the same stuff as Carlin does. So just know that no matter which college you go to, there is somebody there to help. There's somebody there to help um, specifically reentry students, Foster, foster youth, formerly foster youth, um, uh, black, there's specific programs at all of our colleges to help black students, to help Latino students, you name it, we have programs. So, um, but the job of a trustee, that's a great question because, um, so we're like other elected officials in that we're responsible for the budget for Los Angeles Community Colleges. And because we're the largest district in the nation, we are responsible for billions of dollars. The voters have given us, uh, a couple years ago when I was board president, they gave us three billion with a B. And for a high school dropout like me, that was hard to wrap my head around. But we, we've redone our colleges. If, if students wanna come for a tour, wanna visit our colleges, now is a tough time because while we're open online, all of our colleges are open online, on campus there's not much going on. 
we will go back to online on-campus learning, but right now it's online learning. Um, but so the number one responsibility is budget. We're responsible for the budget for the district. It's about 800 million a year annually in, in faculty, staff, custodians, counselors, $800 million we spend. We have lots of jobs for students. I actually have a plan. I wanna have a, a thing called student ambassadors. I wanna employ at least 100 students. So you go to school and you're a student and those students would help other students navigate. So we take existing students, give them jobs, helping other students navigate, figure out how to get classes, how to get financial aid, how to maybe recruit other students, something like that. So I have a, um, it, was, it wasn't my idea originally, but like the college promise, that was President Obama's idea, but I helped Mayor Garcetti make it happen here. Um, mm -hmm. So the, the second thing we do is we approve all of the policies and ultimately we're the last stop on hiring and firing of everybody. It, if somebody's gonna be fired in the district, it comes to us at the end. There's a long process. It's a very, you know, sort of legal process to hire people and fire people. Um, there are background checks on some of the jobs. Um, we did ban the box, but, you know, I work, I work for the County of Los Angeles, and while the counties ban the box, they don't always ban the box. It's right. something they say. Um, I do want to say something about um, Jerry. Jerry is an amazing candidate. We need someone like Jerry. We need Jerry on the board, but we also... We have people in other seats. Um, we ha don't have enough diversity on our board. And so I put forward, I'm the only board member that looks like I do, that put forward a plan to have more black um, board members. I also have a plan to recruit. I wanna spend $2 million recruiting and helping black students because of all of our students, black male students have the hardest time. And so I wanna invest more money in helping. One of the things I wanna do we have free college, but we don't have free books, and books are really expensive. So I want right. to have scholarship so before, for books. Stop. Before yes. you get into that, I think that's going to be one of the questions associated okay. with one of our students. Yeah. I do so want to just can't. end this, uh, this question with our job is to, is to lead the district and set the tone for the district. And mm -hmm. um, I want to make sure that there's more. I want to keep having online classes, some in person, but some students who work, online's good for them. And so I want to encourage our faculty and our administration to keep online classes. And like Jerry Anderson in his seat, we have an incredible African-American woman, Tori Bailey, in seat one. We have lots of incredible candidates this time. I am the only person running in seat five that has experience working with President Obama and the mayor of Los Angeles. And I will tell you, I'm endorsed by the LA Sentinel and I'm a life member of the NAACP. So I'm not right. your typical white elected official. Great, and 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 that's what we, that's something that I think our audience would like to know and what we need. And so what we're going to do right now is because we want to make this a lot about our community college students who who want to who are who are feeling this passion, this feeling this level of empowerment to want to thrive and succeed as students, and so. They are here today, and and um, and of course, one of the things that I, like I, I really feel is really important is that their voices need to resonate really well, so that folks really understand what's happening to them. One during this 
pandemic period, what has been happening to them outside the pandemic period, and also how we can improve on our community college systems, our structures, our policies, so that we could, we could address all those things such as you know, young people being able to not only persist, but also being able to transfer, and it doesn't take three, four, five, six years. Um, young people being able to have their needs met so that they're not able, or so that they don't drop out of college. And so the first person that we have who would like to share a little bit about herself, her experience, as well as pose um, a couple of questions is Tiari Hill. So Tiari, can you uh, provide uh, an introduction of yourself? And after that, ask your first question. Okay. Um, hi everyone, my name is Tiari Hill. I'm 24 years old. Um, I was born in uh, LA and raised in the foster care system. I've been a part of the foster care system all my life. Um, at the age of 21, I aged out of the foster care system and I was homeless for three years. Um, after being homeless, I was diagnosed with uh, bipolar depression and I was on like a really bad path in my life. Just lost focus with school. It was a lot going on. And um, I overcame all that. I obtained housing. So uh, my short term goals are to sustain and keep my housing and obtain my AA degree now that I'm more stable. And uh, my long-term goals are to become a news anchor and advocate for foster youth like myself. Uh, my first question, due to the pandemic, my campus is closed. However, I am a visual learner and I need assistance from many different offices located on the campus. Uh, it's very difficult to adjust when some teachers are not even getting on the Zoom classes to have the actual class with you. So I had a total of four classes when I started. I dropped one and I was only on the one Zoom class for one of the classes. I wasn't even aware that the other classes is just self-learning. You go in and do it on your own. I didn't know that they weren't physically having a Zoom classes, which set me back a couple of weeks. Um, so my question is, how should community colleges respond to these needs? So Scott, you take that, try to keep your response within two minutes. After okay. that, Jerry and then Carlin. I appreciate it. So um, I didn't address the question about student voices earlier. One thing that students really should do, it's how I got my start at community colleges. I was involved in student government. Mm -hmm. um, and if one of the ways you can have your voice heard a little louder is by, by being involved in student government, because that's a forum for you to speak out. Um, I'm very disappointed in our faculty to hear that they're not teaching Zoom, online Zoom classes. You know, that is a, a problem for lots of students. I have a 14-year-old son and a 19-year-old daughter, and it's, it's really unfortunate. Uh, my son, uh, at the end of high school last year, none of his teachers were teaching online. He was doing it all independent study. Independent study is not effective for so many young people. So um, I believe one of the things we need to do is raise your voice and mine and say to the faculty, look, you're making $100,000 a year in many cases, some more, some la a little bit less. Um, you really need to be teaching face-to-face -face so students can interact. Um, you really need to be having office hours so students can spend time with you. Um, and the being challenge, present in the office hours when that's you right. say that they're there. 
Yeah. One thing Jerry and I have in common is the, the teachers union, which is very powerful. They're spending $2 million and they're not supporting any candidates like, like uh, Jerry or Tori Bailey or myself because they want candidates that they can control. And, and so one of the things to do is the more students that speak out about needing online visual learning, the, the more likely the district will respond. You know, we all represent you. And if you send emails, you, people sign petitions, you get your student government leaders to speak up, we can change it. There, we, the faculty, a lot of them just, it's easier to, to have you do independent learning. It, it's, I don't think it's right. I don't think it's the best thing for them. But the challenge is, is we don't have complete control as board members over how they present their material. There's two ways to do it on, online. There's the independent learning and there's Zoom. And right. you know, sort of that visual thing is better for most students. I couldn't do independent learning. I, 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 I couldn't succeed. When I dropped out of high school, I dropped back in because I couldn't learn online. So um, I, raising your voice okay. is really important. And um, Thank you, just Scott. speaking out. Thank you. Thank you. Jerry? Uh, yes. First off, I want to compliment her on 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 overcoming the issue of of, of homelessness and, and something, something like that can actually derail you for a longer period of time if you are not careful and if you don't get assistance. And so, I I, I commend you for for staying on track. Um, the, Scott is right. The the teachers union uh, has a certain amount of power, if not control. Uh, right now, but as Scott alluded to when he was talking to the, the duties of a trustee, trustees have the higher the ability to hire new instructors, uh, instructors that are more uh, comfortable in front of the camera. Because I believe I believe that's the issue that we're talking about. We, I think we're talking about old school instructors that are not comfortable teaching on a new media platform. Uh, but I, I bet they get a lot more act right if we start hiring a swath of instructors that do uh, know how to perform on on media. Uh, on, on digital media and, and can deliver that, that interaction because you're absolutely right. You, there is a, it's already difficult to replicate the face-to-face -face over a Zoom. And if you're not even going to, if you're trying to throw it all into independent study, you know, you, you, that is not doing the, the, the student any justice. So you, you're, you're absolutely right. We've got to work on that. Um, giving the current instructors, it, it, Hiring new instructors was was a euphemism in, in some cases, but but training on 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 how to allow the, the instructors to be more comfortable because it, you know pride and vanity that that those are the things that can get in the way of a lot, and I and I think that if we if we go through the steps of making them more comfortable with how to use the technology because you know like my like my parents they ain't the most comfortable around technology and and. Even, Pushing a button just sometimes seems problematic for them. So if we can do something to increase their comfortability, I think we can then uh, subsequently raise the amount of engagement while we're in this remote learning platform. But, I, but, but, but you're absolutely right. It is something that we have to address because the quality of the instruction cannot be sacrificed in the process. Thank you, Jerry. Carlin, will you be able to provide a, a minute or two? Uh, yeah, I'll try to. Um... You know, what I could say, you, uh, yeah, and I, I do want to thank you. I want to compliment you on overcoming homelessness. I, I was Thank homeless you. the last year of my master's. 
So I understand the feeling of trying to do that and finish school and all that. Um, that's, that's to be commended. I think really, um, I tell a lot of students, um, the one thing about when you get to college is you've got to be in contact with a lot of different offices to get your needs met. Yes. You also have to be very firm about advocating for yourself. If you're not getting your needs met, follow, always follow a conversation with an email. Right? Mm -hmm. And always follow that email with the second email on the same thread. So they can always see the last time you sent them an email about the issue. So, right. hey, look, this is my third request. Same email, you know, you haven't answered or I haven't gotten the answers I want. I haven't gotten the tools I've needed. Um, I think uh, I agree with both Scott and, uh, and Jerry. Having our instructors become more acclimated to the system, but also, too, they have to be more involved. They have yes. to be more. The, the investment is the student, you know. If we don't invest in you, we don't have a job. Um, so we right. have to look at it. This is a symbiotic relationship. The more I make you look good, I keep my house. You know? <laughs> the, more, the more I keep you involved, the more I get to drive my car. The more right. I put my kids through school if I put you through school. And I think that has to resonate a little bit more. But what speaks louder than anything else, and you could go to the University of Missouri, 100 students got rid of the president of the school in 30 days. Right. They spoke up. They spoke up and they campaigns and they got their needs met. And yeah. they got their needs met because on day 29, the board of trustees says, well, all our football players are walking off the field. We can't uh -huh. have to go. So students have to be, don't, and anytime somebody tells you, no, I can't do that, you just say, respectfully, can you show me where that is in the procedures? I bet you nine out of 10 times, they will, it, it's, I call it home cooking. You know, everybody comes back and they get stuff from home and they bring it to school or they bring it to the work environment. Well, you can do that in my house. Well, this is not your house, but I want the rules. You know what I mean? You give them, can you show me the procedure that says that you can't do that? A lot, nine out of 10 times, a lot of those rules that are made to tell you not to do something are organic or made up by another manager that didn't like how that was going. Mm. Harlan, I think you made it a very important point about that is, is, you know, a lot of that empowerment starts with you. And, and I think what you did was give, give Tiari some nuggets. <laughs> yes, they did. Can, what she yes, can do did. and use. Student government. <laughs> yes. When yeah, I was, they, I was when under student, I was when under she's student experiencing body. a problem. Right, right. So, I, I was in the student body when I had a problem in school. I joined and got, became the VP. And at mm -hmm. that point, I instituted rules that I knew that students needed because they were in my ear in class. Right. Okay, what do y'all need? Give me the top 10. Then we put it in. You know, <laughs> that's how you do it. Great. So, Tiara, can you get to your second question? Yes. Okay, my second question is, many students like myself face challenges of getting the tools we need academically to thrive. For example, I did not receive my English books until four weeks into the semester, and I am now struggling to catch up in both of my English classes. What can community college systems and administrators do to ensure students receive timely course material during this pandemic? Hmm. Can I jump on that one first? Yes. Yeah, go for it. Um, I would tell you to cross-pollinate. And the reason why I say cross-pollinate, I say be active in many programs. Just hearing what you told me, you should be an EOPS. No, be this is most definitely for my students, like all of the voices in her. You know, I'm, oh, I'm yeah, saying oh, EOPS, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chafee, all that. I'm good. Right, right. Do it. No, no, I'm saying, don't know. 
Now you tell them they need to go do it. <laughs> EOPS, ESPS, DSPS. If you right. are, go find out if you qualify for those services, Umoja, Umoja. all these different programs, Rise. Right. There's so many programs that we Trio. Trio. There you go, my yeah. man. There you go. There you go. All these programs offer you book vouchers, bus passes, all right. these different things to get you to where you need to go. Cross pollinate. You got to be a honeybee. But even gotta, then, doing it, it took so long for the books to get here. And and right. And I got them for free and everything, but it took. Then then they got here. Then the, the post office, the mail people sent them back to school, and I had to drive to the campus, pick up my books, and by that it was the fourth week of school. COVID has caused a lot of stuff like that to happen. So please bear with our our, our process. But then the teachers have to bear with us knowing that we can't do the material that they're giving us because we don't have the books. Yeah. Great point. Let me, can I jump in, Carlin? Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. So, so it's really important. You are an amazing student, clearly, you know. And, and by the way, I, my dream was to be a, a reporter. I wanted to, be, I wanted to be a radio talk show host, you know. I wanted to, <laughs> I, I wanted to be, you know, the... I wanted to be uh, inter do interviews of famous people and important people to ask tough questions. So mm -hmm. uh, pursue your dreams. I would, there are lots I of ways to be a, 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 in the entertainment industry, in the news industry, especially today. Yeah. You know, on our campuses, the, the community college I went to is famous for its radio station, KPCC. So look for opportunities to pursue your dream. But, but back to we need to do better for our students. And part of it is you need to be a good consumer. Carlin mentioned something that's a great life lesson. I want everybody watching and listening to do what Carlin said. When you have a discussion with somebody who's need, who you work email. with, send them an email. Thank them for talking to you and for helping you and put it in writing. But do it as a thank you note and say, I look forward to getting your help on this issue I talked to you about. Because, and then if you don't get what they promised, then you follow up. That is a life lesson for school, for, for fighting, for anything. It's, it's a really, I don't know if he knew when he said it, but it helps with anything. If, you're, if, if you have a problem with the city government, if you have a problem with the state or the federal government, an email after you call the agency, social security, any organization, if you send that person an email, a business, send them an email. 90% of consumers never do that. So if you speak up and every student speaks up and fights, and the first line of defense is you go to the instructor and you say, I don't have the book. If I were your instructor, my brother's a college professor in, in Colorado. He would have provided notes online during a pandemic. He would put the information online. But you all as students, because I don't, as a trustee, I'm so far removed because I don't get to talk to students very often. Yeah. The only time students talk to trustees is when they've had problem after problem. Uh -huh. You know, we had problems at trade tech. Black students weren't being treated right. We've had problems at other schools where Latino students were being discriminated against at Valley College. And, it, and I would never know about it unless somebody sent me an email. And by the way, my phone number is on my website. My, my personal phone number, I, I give it out. It's 818-915-3636. Now, I can't solve everything for you, 
but I can help direct you much like Carlin because I only get to vote on things that come to the board. If it's not an item before the board of trustees, I can't solve it. I can help you. So be a good consumer, speak out, be involved in student government and, and demand politely, politely demand that they do better and get you your books or give you time or give you the information. That, that faculty member picked the book. That faculty member decided on what you're learning. They should be able to help you in this time. And so just ask. If you, and if you ask nicely and you get other students to ask nicely, you will, you will win nine times out of 10. And we will fight for you. Students that come to the board of trustees that have problems with, with, with either financial aid or if there's a problem, we will, we will speak out and say to the chancellor, the CEO of the district, you need to fix this because we don't run the things day to day at the colleges. We're part-time elected officials. But Ms. Hill, you have the power because you're articulate and bright. And if you speak up, people will respond. Okay. Thank you. Terry, can you ask your last question? And then we're, we're gonna go to Christina. Okay, my last third final question. I lost my job when the pandemic began. Due to me repeatedly dropping out, I am on academic probation. My only source of income at the moment is unemployment. I worry about my unemployment ending and causing a negative domino effect in my life, me not being able to pay my bills, me not having the Wi-Fi to be able to even get on class and do my necessary work. How can the community college system support struggling students like me? And I know you already touched on it, Carlin, with the resources and the, uh, pl the places, the um, offices I can go to, but just to reiterate for everybody and, you know, financial needs, who do we go to if you're on academic probation and you don't know what to do? Well, you know, the, the, the challenging part would, for you would be on academic probation. This is what I say for you to do. This is the best thing you can do. Find someone at that school that's your advocate. Erling, can you speak a little louder? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm on a headphone. Okay. Find someone at the school that's an advocate. That's almost like your lawyer, your public, your, 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 yeah, yeah. Your, your, your campaign manager, and someone that would go to bat for you and sit down and address the challenges that you're having and why you're on academic probation. What's going on, right? I'm dropping out too many times, not finishing. So I didn't took too many credits. Oh, I, yeah. I've, been, I've been there. Trust me. I was doing it. <laughs> I know. I know. I understand totally. So find someone. And this is what I did. My EOPNS counselor was the person that advocated for me. It was advocating for me to get those resources, even if I was on academic probation because of what was going on. I was living on my own at the time and I was trying, but find someone The the challenge is that some of those resources are a little more challenging once you're on academic probation, but they can be reached right? They can be reached. But also, too, don't just look at the campus. Look at community resources and agencies okay. that also support you, right? This is the reason why I created the Instagram page, yeah. so I can give students all those outside resources. So what we have to start doing is putting the word community back in community college. Yes, so yes. In the community, they need to be having a symbiotic relationship with the community. So all those resources you should know about, or we should be kind of bragging about them. Hey, you know, you may want to go to, you know, Sanctuary of Hope. You may want to go to All People. You may want to go to CRCD. You may want to go to, to this organization, this organization, because they also help. But right. what that person on campus will do for you, and what I try to do for a lot of students, I become their public, their, their, their personal assistant. 
I'll call someone at that agency and say, hey, I got someone. And I'll be like, yeah, it's my cousin. You know, I got a lot of cousins, right? <laughs> this is my cousin. I need you to put them to the front of the line. I need, they need help. And that's what you honestly have to do because it's about getting your needs met. And mm-hmm. trust me, a landlord doesn't care if you're on academic probation. They don't. They want their money. They, they, right, yeah. right. So, Jerry, did you want to add anything? And then we'll go to Christina to introduce herself uh, after uh, Jerry uh, adds comments. Okay, Christina? Real quickly, um, first and foremost, all of those different programs that were mentioned as being resources, in my mind, that's entirely too much for a student to try and put their finger on. So what we want to do is bring a, a odd um, ombudsman effect to all of those resources, somebody within the district that has their finger on all of those different resources, that would be the one point of contact with the student so the student wouldn't have to go chasing all of the different resources. Uh, the and next piece uh, that I wanted to comment on is uh, regarding the income stabilization. Uh, when you lose a job, when you uh, go through things that affect your income, there should be some sort of work placement assistance slash income stabilization piece that can tide you through until you can find replacement employment and, and, and having proactive assistance in finding replacement employment as well. Uh, and that goes again to the total quality of life services that I'm talking about, those things that affect a person's ability to stay on academic course. Mm-hmm. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank you. Christina. Yes. Hi, everyone. Good afternoon. My name is Christina Ramirez. I'm a friendly 23-year-old. I'm born and raised in Los Angeles. Um, and I am currently, I just um, got approved to attend LACC. And of course, my courses will be online with this new way of, you know, doing school. I do, I am 23, but I do have a five-year-old child who, of course, will be in need of a daycare while I attend, you know, do my online classes or while even now that I'm currently working, I work in a dental office in the city of LA. Um, So I would need, you know, some type of resources as in daycare, which I planned to have her go to daycare or school, well, schools are closed now, but at the time, daycare on campus. But now with campus being closed, that's not a possibility. And my, you know, my circle's kind of small as where I don't have anyone else that can potentially watch her. So that just kind of makes me feel like that's an issue for myself personally with the campuses being closed and it being uncertain when they will reopen. And my question is, would be if there's like a potential timing where, you know, the the campuses might reopen or anything similar to that. And I have one thing that I wanted to add um, aside from that is also I was planning to seek some type of housing on campus. But now with that not being a possibility, since my housing is not, not stable, that leaves me 
unsure of what community college to go to so I won't have to travel as much even though now it's online but it's just different issues that have that I've came across great so Scott can you take that one so it's sure I can I can and, and the, housing the housing yeah yes. so so the the honest answer is because the LA County Health Department is the one that decides whether we can reopen or not and how. Um, we're not sure about it. Um, the, the administration who works for us has decided that they're not gonna reopen this year. Um, there, there is a chance that sometime after uh, spring um, that we could reopen again, but right now it looks like summer's more likely. Um, so you, we're probably gonna be on, doing online learning till summer. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of that is driven, as Jerry mentioned earlier, by the faculty. The faculty is very powerful, the, the faculty union, um, and they set the tone for most decisions, especially if, as it affects their, um, their, the teachers. Um, and the student voice isn't always heard. Um, I, we could theoretically reopen our child development centers, but since they're run by faculty, they don't wanna do it. Um, so I, I don't have a good answer for you. Hopefully, um, Carlin or someone that works with community groups would know where to send you to find someone for childcare. Um, it, we do have, I'm very proud of the fact we have child development centers at all nine colleges. Um, not all community colleges do that. Um, our colleges have no, and most colleges in California, 98%, 99% of them have no housing on campus at community colleges. Um, but we do have some partners that have housing in the community. And, and so we can refer you, we have people at every college that can refer you to housing near the college um, that's provided. We also have partnerships with the LA City and LA County Homeless Services. If you, are, if you qualify, and, and Carlin I'm sure has those contacts and others on our campus, all you have to do is say, hey, I need help. And we have, we can get you vouchers. We we can get you um, connected to those services. So that's that's housing and and um, childcare. Um, I do hope that you will ask for help. That's one of the things that's hard is asking for help. And sometimes because not everybody has all the information, like like the folks on this uh, Zoom, it, the students get told, I don't know, or go ask somebody somewhere else, and they don't always get connected. And so, as Jerry said, we really do need better training so people have the same information Carlin has. Because, you know, Carlin has a ton of good information, but that doesn't mean that a faculty member or another counselor or someone will have all the good information. So you need to really ask around, and, and now you have a resource in Carlin. You have Jerry's contact information in mine. And even if I don't have the answer, if you send an email to Scott, S-C-O-T-T at smonkin.com, I will find somebody who can help you. I can't necessarily help you myself, but I will find somebody like Carlin on the campus that will help work things out. And for Ms. Hill, if you have any problems, you want to go tell your story about why you were forced out of something so that we can help you. We can defer payments. We can, they're, they're, they're exceptions. Don't take no for an answer. Okay. That's one really important lesson I learned. That's how I got to where I am today. I would never be here today 
if I, if I took no for an answer, people tell you no all the time. Ask, ask and look, look in the booklets for student rights, look in the materials because we don't want any student to drop out. So for, for all of the students on here, ask for help. There's tons of help. We have millions of dollars that, that is available for help and we have resources. So, Christina, ask your next question because I think it's going to be, might be in line for Carlin to answer as well as Mr. Anderson. Okay, let me take a look. Sorry for my second question. Um, well, now that I know that I, I can be connected to Carlin and Scott and Jerry that makes me feel relieved but um in case I were to need further resources since I'm not able to access you know any campus and their offices with everything being closed what where can I direct myself aside from you know Sanctuary of Hope or who I shared that I was interested in starting school as soon as possible you know, where else can I find more resources and more support um, to be able to, you know, achieve my educational goals? Um, can I jump on that real quick? Harlan? Okay, I put my number and email in the chat. So if you want, you can just go ahead and scoop it up from there. But okay. you and I can probably walk, talk about this off uh, this uh, Zoom off the, uh, the, 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 the webinar, we can talk offline. And that was the word I was looking for was offline. And I can work with the, the agencies in your area, but then also to give you some nice paths to agencies like Crystal Stairs and different programs that provide those vouchers that will get you what you need. Housing is a little trickier, but I do have one or two connects. Um, that would be you moving into, it would be more or less moving in and having your own room with other students that are doing the same thing. Um, so, you know, let's talk offline and I can really kind of lay out a map of where I could help you, um, you know, whether it comes down to diapers, food, furniture, stuff like that. And as to Mr. Jerry, your thing about the ombudsman, um, I, would, I would like to apply for that position. I think I would be really good there. And matter of fact, I'll, I'll, do, for the whole, I'll do it for the whole district. I got you, you, you would be the vice chancellor for ombudsman. <laughs> ombudsman I. I might have to figure out what ombudsman is, but I'll do it. You know? <laughs> it's, it's the all-purpose resource point gotcha. person for any need that a student could have so the student doesn't have to, to track down those assets and resources themselves. You know what? And what he said right there was very important, Miss Christina, is that you don't have to track it down. Right. People will come to you and say, and one thing I learned to do while we were on campus, if I see a student having that look that I had when I was in distress, I always approach them. What's up? You good? What's going on? And soon all that, it always works over coffee or food. People will talk. And you will get right <laughs> you know yeah. so that's what i often do so please reach out to me and let's start working on devising a plan maybe you get some coffee out of it right and, and and just to take that a step further i would i would make that i would not even put that on the students to take the first step to contact the ombudsman i would make it a part of the program where it would be a proactive affirmative contact of affirmative check-in milestones along the way making sure everything is on track 
taking a little bit more proactive approach. Again, we're trying to shrink that timeline that it takes to graduate, and we're trying to increase the numbers of those that are graduating. Great. So we have with us, a, I, I say success story, because you have a great example of a young person who has um, culminated and transferred from the community college district or community college system to a four-year institution, more specifically uh, HBCU. And so um, I'm very happy to have Adam Walker with us to share a little bit about himself, his experience, and he also has a couple of questions for you as well that relates to kind of what has happened with him and his, his history with the community college system. Adam? Hi, uh, good evening everyone. Um, my name is Adam Walker, as you said. Um, currently, um, I am a product of the Los Angeles Community College District. Um, I've attended every school from West, Southwest, uh, Trade Tech. I took online classes at Mission and Valley and Pierce. So I've done everything uh, in every college. Um, it's funny that I, I am kind of a special story because um, I kind of known, I kind of just kind of like uh, giving myself like not a nickname, but kind of like a, a moniker or like a, a, a some kind of like a something to describe me. And that's like a scavenger. And I know it doesn't sound really good, but that's how it's been. Just like uh, Tiari. Um, well, I was in the foster care system, so it's a little bit different for me, but when I was about 20 years old, uh, me and my me and my family, we didn't really see eye to eye on a lot of things and a lot of my choices that I made in the in the in the path that I want to go on the direction I want to take on with my life. So um, I made the decision to part ways with them, uh, even though that put me in the homeless situation. Um, so all through, I was probably in 20. I graduated high school in 2015. I parted ways with my family in about 2018, and I was still in the college district at that time, and I hadn't finished all my degrees yet. And so, even though I was very, very close to finishing, I was still falling off. I think I had just a couple of years. Currently, I have an associate's in um, fire tech, and I have an associate's in, uh, uh, what is it, behavioral, uh, liberal arts, behavioral, and social sciences. Uh, both of them were uh, ultimately at West LA, but I took the classes everywhere. Um, and so, going through that, I just had to find my way through a lot of things like myself. And that's why I kind of call, call myself a scavenger because <laughs> the way I got through school, one thing I loved about LACCD is that I can take classes anywhere and it still counts towards the same degree. So if class wasn't working for me at West LA, I took my class, I took myself to mission to take class online. Or if the class wasn't working out for me at Valley, I made whatever happened happen that I need to make happen to make it happen. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it that's just how I really was. Um, and so, uh, yeah, really, it really was. And then not only that, um, just as what I and what I really like, I was shaking my head. I loved what you were saying the, uh, with the Ombus, and that's one of my biggest goals as I see it right now. I go to Grambling State University in Louisiana right now. I'm in Louisiana, uh, Ruston, Louisiana. Um, I'm a junior. My my major right now is history with a with a concentration in law and society, and a minor in Black Studies. Um, and so it really caught my eyes because 
the reason this this connects a lot of things, I don't know if you've ever heard, obviously we've heard of Satan's Ray of Hope, but I don't, I'm part of another program called the Brotherhood Crusade. And so they also helped me uh, uh, along a lot of things uh, as well, just along the Sanctuary Hope. Sanctuary Hope actually gave me housing in April. So I didn't get housing until April. So up until April from 20, I was homeless. And I'm 23 now. I turned 24 um, in February. Um, and a month later, I made the decision to move here. But that's one of my biggest things. And I'll ask my question next. That's one of my biggest things is getting the community colleges district to be more um, to be more involved with these community programs because that's the, the main word is community here. You know what I mean? Like the the most that I see is something like this where Sanctuary Hope has a Zoom with this, but there needs to be way more because the connections there could happen because I'm one of those connections. You know what I'm saying? I'm there. The only connection that I've had, I had a class. I took a class at the Brotherhood Crusade that was taught by a counselor at LA uh, LA Trade Tech. His name was his name was Donnie Sanchai, and he's been like you said an advisor. For you, like, exactly. He's been an advisor, like you said, for me and an advocate for me. But that's one of me. That's one of mine. I was blessed with the gift of gab. I, I know that. I can talk. I know. I, I have. I'm not afraid to talk. I'm not. I've never been afraid to talk. But the problem is the people who are afraid to talk. Like you have. Like you like, like Scott was saying, a voice. I have a voice. I'm not afraid to use my voice. But it's the students who are afraid to use that voice that have the issue. That don't have those that don't, don't have those, um, those social cues that they need because it starts very, very young. That's mm -hmm. another thing. Not only do you need to get involved with the communities, these community colleges need to get involved with the high schools early, very, very early, because I got out of high school not knowing what I needed to do or what I wanted to do at all. But I'll go ahead and ask my question. Um, that's just something I need to get off my chest is because I, I've been here and I've been through a lot. I've seen a lot. And it's just so much, I feel like, I so many ideas I have that I can implement or just put out there that really could make a difference. But, um, um, well, this is a big one right here. Uh, oftentimes, students don't know where to go when they face barriers or, that they, or feel that the help that they're receiving is inadequate. How should students go about getting the help that they need to persist or complete their college studies? Harlan? As you, as you said, a closed mouth don't get fed. Um, a big 100% of part of advocating for yourself is knowing where to advocate and who to advocate to. Um, the other 100% of advocating for yourself is having the courage to stand up and say, hey, I need help. There are people in their 60s and 70s that can't say that. So you as a 24-year-old, 21-year-old, it's pretty daunting to look to someone and say, I need help. But what I've learned in my 55 years on this planet is that the more I don't speak up, the further away from the truth and the further away from the help I get. So I've learned to be very vocal. And I appreciate another vocal person like you. I'm going to ask you to be my mentor, bro. I like the way you talk. Right? <laughs> so I, I, I firmly believe what you said, something that was really good. It was a really good nugget that you brought in here, which was when you were in high school, you didn't know which way to go. So maybe we need to start doing inreach into the high schools, greater inreach, right? Where we establish a LACCD office within the high school. And at different days, different times, Scott, you could take this and run with it. Jerry, you could take it and run with it. At different days, different times, one of the community colleges will be there and they can answer all your questions about the school and the specific challenges and things that we have going on at the school, right? But then also what we could do is take the word community, like I said before, and put community back in community college. 
that's one thing about me. Most of my resources are off campus. They're not on campus. They, the people on campus know me because when they say, oh, yeah, Carlon sent you. Okay, come here. Let me talk to you. That's the establishment on campus. But off campus, I work with organizations. Miss Kelly, I bother her every time I see her in the community. I got to bother her. I'm like, hey, Miss Kelly, I got to talk to you. And she's like, oh, Lord. You know, but that's what you have to do because she knows that I'm like, hey, what, do we, what can we do here? And Miss Kelly be like, hey, go here. Do this. Go to this agency. I know this person. Tell them I sent you. And that's what we have to do. And we have to get that. And I agree with Jerry and I agree with Scott. The ombudsman on the campus is vitally important. I was preaching about resource centers on campus before COVID. And you know what I got? Crickets. COVID hit and all of a sudden resource centers have become the, the big word. We Absolutely. have to get resource centers. I'm like, okay. We have, but also too, on our level, we have to be forward thinking. So I want to think about hopefully something happening with the environment that we all need to go to community colleges. If you go to trade tech, we will protect you from the zombie apocalypse. We have a program that will rebuild your house. We will help right. you fix your car. We will feed you. And guess what we also do? We have a program that will also clothe you. So when those zombies hit the parameters of the, this college, we got you. And that's what community colleges have to be. They have to be that bastion of resources for the community. Mm -hmm. exactly. I think the, the, relationship, the relationship actually goes, goes both ways. We want to put the community back into community college. But what he also said in, in my platform is put more community college back into the community as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Uh, because you know it, it, it's a, it's a it's a it's a bilateral, uh, two-sided uh, equation that we, we want to make it easy and accessible, and so going into the high schools as an example, going into the high schools is a way that we can prepare our students for college because a p a good piece of the academic success is based upon having those foundational fundamental core skills intact. And I just got through reading a, a, a report by Dr. Michael Beatty called the, the Black Zero Index, uh, where it analyzed math scores uh, uh, from LAUSD uh, from uh, uh, 2003 to 2018. And the results in terms of proficiency in math are abysmal. And in, 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 a, in, a, in a simple context, no right. wonder our students are having so much problem in college with the academic piece. And so we wanna make sure we get into the the, the, the high schools, if not the elementary schools. I mean, if the, if the prison pipeline can start in the third grade, then so the community the college, college pipeline, pipeline can do yeah. yeah. right. yeah. sure. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Sure. We want to make sure we uh, uh, are, are, are kind of looking at both sides of that equation. Right. We can start in kindergarten. It is, right. yeah. it, you know, you so, know what? You it, want to provide we, comment, we, we, we and we then I'm quite sure uh, Adam has another question after. I'm sorry. Oh, yes. So um, really quickly, I think we need to do what was mentioned. We need to have, um, and I think of these, I think it's a great idea to have ombudsmen. We have, but we have a ton of staff already at LACCD. Um, it's 90% of our budget. I think what we need to do is make sure that counselors are on the high, our counselors, not high school counselors. We should do more training with the high school counselors so they can refer people to us. But we need to put our high school our college counselors on the high school campuses. We need to give tours, as you said, to elementary school and middle school kids so they get a college going attitude. That's really important to make sure everybody knows 
you know, that college is for them. Um, and, and finally, I really believe not that we should use technology to make sure that our students succeed and we should check in our counselors, faculty, everybody in our, in our organization. So the community colleges get paid based on students and we should be helping them achieve. And right. what we're not doing is we're not making it the priority of everybody in the organization to help the students navigate. I believe we should be calling students and checking on them, whether it's their counselor, their instructor, everybody should have a responsibility to check in with Ms. Hill and say, how are you doing during COVID? We have none of our, our employees almost, very few of them are on campus. So they're, they're, they're more mobile right now. They're not, students can't come to them. So we should, our job should be go to them, go to the students, reach out to them, leave them a voicemail. Hi, mm -hmm. this is so-and-so from Valley College. Hi, this is so-and-so from Trade Tech. I just wanted to see if you needed anything. That's the kind of organization I want to build. And I can do it with the help of people like all of you and Jerry, if we can, we can change the focus. Right now, our colleges are way too centered on what do we want, the administrators want, what do the faculty want? No, it should be when do students want their classes? How do students want to learn? How can we right. help our students? That's the kind of organization we need to become. And the only way we're going to get there is by people like Ms. Hill speaking up and saying, I need more. I need you to check on me because I'm one of your students and my success is your success. Right. So, Adam, do you have another um, question? Yeah, um, this one. This one is a little bit more of a, not towards the pandemic, but just as a whole. Um, so, well, once again, like I said, when I was in the community college district, it was a lot of stuff that happened that, that, that kind of prevented me from succeeding. And one of those was obviously like Tiara was saying was finances. Um, like, or like Christina was saying, being able to find housing, like how was I going to pay back for, how was I going to pay, you know, my tuition with books, mm -hmm. with how to put gas in my car, food in my stomach, um, you know, like pay my phone bill so I can do my, so I can do my homework because I don't have a house. So I can do my, uh, you know, homework with internet connection, you know, or, you know, get into the library, things like that. So, um, and also just with financial aid too, um, for, like I said, for instance, like students like me, um, it was harder than probably like students like Tiari because she's already been in the foster system. For me, it was way harder for me to get financial aid. Yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah. Because I used to live with my parents. And so because I used to live with my parents, technically I was still under their care, but I had, they hadn't claimed me on their taxes for years. I was working my own job, but yet and still, I couldn't get any funding from them or from financial aid. So I was stuck in between a rock and a hard place. So that's a lot of things. That's a lot of times. That's another thing is that because that kids are some people, not even kids, I'm going to say these young adults, because that's what we are, young adults, because some of us don't live with our parents anymore. I know people now that are the age 22, 23, that may still have to ask their parents to go out. I know people 22, 23 that have, that have kids now. I know people 22, 23 that are dead, all types of things. It's just, if people are at different places in their different lives, and everything is so standardized nowadays, what do you think you guys can do to make it, um, I don't want to say to make it diverse for everybody, but to try to try to, to um, 
cater to those needs of the people who are like more specific needs of people like like me that have a little special like a special circumstance because there's a lot of us out here that actually have special circumstances that they and they're not in the foster care system and stuff like that so he can't get yes. those same resources that one, i can get. exactly one size does not fit all yeah so right. let me kick this one off the the college promise program is open to anybody that comes to us for the first time full-time so if you can come to us and i already talked about a, nine months ago i had talked to governor newsom about expanding that free college so it doesn't matter adam if Anybody you know that if they've never been to community college or college, they can apply for free. But the problem is they have to go full time. I want to change that. I also want the help of all of you and Jerry to, to do something right now for those that are losing their jobs. I want to offer free college to anyone that's lost their job. And all that will take is us to lobby the federal government. And if if Miss Hill and Miss Miss Kelly and you know everybody on this call joins together as one voice, we could be really strong because there's so many of our family and friends that have lost their jobs, and I hear it in in Miss Hill's voice that she doesn't know if that's going to happen to her again and cause her to drop out. So I want free college for all of our students. When I went to school at Pasadena City College, thirty years ago plus it was 50 bucks a semester 50 dollars that's all it cost me and i want it to be free there's no reason with all the money we have that we couldn't make college free but it takes our us raising our voices together and saying hey and then the free books there's tons of free books the problem is we can't tell the faculty you can't assign a book that costs hundred dollars because our students can't afford it and we need to do something about the cost of books transportation food and housing that's the next challenge so for adam there's free college if they go full-time there there should be opportunity even if they don't go full-time and i'm determined to fight for that with all of you and and i and it was funny because it's really funny that you say that is because literally the year after no yeah no the semester after i got my uh two degrees is when you guys came out with that promise and i was just like well that would have been nice two years ago you know <laughs> like and, you know i'm not mad or anything like that you know because it is what it is i'm here now but but like you said that's a step in the right direction so now i'm saying that and it, it makes sense because like i said like that's one stipulation that hurts a lot of people because a lot of people have gone to college already before like i know a lot of people you know, we came right out of high school. We all were at the same community college, but now they feel like they can't do anything because they have to go back. And then that college promise doesn't apply to them because they've already taken a semester at, West, at Southwest or West LA or something like that. You so know, what so you can do, what you can do is when you approach college, approach college like you're going to invest in stocks, have a diversified portfolio, mm -hmm. right? And you they have didn't to teach have you stocks in high school, Carly. All right, I'm gonna give you a quick stock exchange update. Yeah, no, she's right. for real. Right, no, so here we go. There you go. That all day. That's why we said. That's why we said we need to. 2002 when I went to high school. We need to be. We would need to be with y'all from kindergarten. So we teach you all the way up. You know. So mm -hmm. here's a quick stock stock scenario: diversified portfolio, multiple streams of income, multiple streams of in, of income beyond federal financial aid is scholarships, grants. Okay 
all right? There's an app. Let me drop a nugget on you right now. There's an app called Scali. I want you to download it to your phone. It's the best two nine, the best. There you go. Um, It's the best cup of coffee you're going to spend every month. It's two 99. Mm -hmm. It allows you to apply instantly from your phone to thousands of scholarships. Okay. Can you repeat that for us? It's called Scholly. S-C-H-O-L-L-Y. S-C-H-O-L-L-Y. You'll see a little dog with a with a graduation cap. Um, download is the best $2.99 you will spend every month. Here's what you do. Once you create your profile, your parameters, it gives you thousands of scholarships that you qualify for. You will spend all day applying, but guess what? If you get one out of 50, that's good batting average. Because that's, that's, that's good. Yes, sir. So, Carlin and Jerry, also speak to the issue that um, Adam kind of brought up. So, what do you do? I mean, I understand kind of you got to diversify. You got to get, you know, have different streams coming in. But if you are that one student where, you know, you're not on your parents' tax forms, you, you're experiencing homelessness. You don't really fit into that or any particular mold. How can you get a financial aid resolution so that you're able to, con- to persist and continue with your studies? So what I've learned about financial aid and aid in itself, there is something out there for you. There is some sort of package, portfolio, program, scholarship, grant that's going to help you. You're not totally excluded, okay? And I know there's specific, there's really fine specific points. It's almost like dropping a grain of salt in the desert and trying to find it, but it is there. Trust me, when it hits, it'll create a, it'll create a crater, and you'll see what the impact point is. And I'm saying this because I didn't believe in scholarship till I got one. That's how I'm doing my doctoral program. And I was like, oh, my God, they really gave me 20 grand. All right. I like this. I started applying for everything. I was like, look, if he, any, anything that was, a, that if I fit seven out of 10 parameters, I applied for it. Even if it's even any scholarship, seven out of 10 apply. Because guess what? Because some people might not even, might not even apply to it. And they'll just give it to you anyway because you're the only person who apply. Absolutely. There's mm-hmm. money that's being left on scholarship boards every year because yeah. they don't have people applying. And I tell you, and I know Jerry can speak to this. I know Scott can speak to this because I was one of those young people that didn't fit a specific category other than veteran. And we had something called VEEP. Whereas if you put money into it, when you got into the military, you got double, you got it double. But guess what? By the time you got out, you needed that money. So you took it out anyway, just to live. So you didn't have mm-hmm. scholarship money. You didn't, so I'm saying for you, and I'll, I'll be more than happy to help you with that. We'll sit down, and I'm actually working with a couple agencies right now on how to draft a great letter for your scholarship. And the best thing to do is speak to a life challenge that you've had because people love life challenges because you help other people free themselves up. And you usually get scholarships like that. I had a student that spoke about a homicide that she saw. I said, don't speak about the homicide. Speak about how you felt about it she got ten thousand dollars trust me wow. she was applying that's amazing everything everything so you really so, gotta and i'll be more than happy to help you with that no i no i just recently uh did the same thing so it's it's like you said it's about your it's about your life experiences so one thing about me one of my life experiences is so last year november what people don't know in um 
one of my son is actually one of my life coach from Sanctuary of Hope. Um, he actually showed up to a, my last court case. I was fighting a gun charge this whole for a whole year out here out in Los Angeles, where I'm in Louisiana right now. And by the grace of God, I mean, it was, it was, I knew that it was it was it was it was a higher being that that made that made this happen. But still, at the end of the day, that um, I ended up getting a scholarship basically because I went to jail. Like I talked, it was it was aimed towards students who had been um, uh, affected by the justice system negatively, and I spoke about you know just my time in jail and my time leading up to jail and my and in time after jail and 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 and, and like the, the the consequences and the results of my case, and they gave me a, a fifteen hundred dollars scholarship for that, and so I know and I was kind of embarrassed at first to talk about that. But then that was one of the things where, like you said, having a voice really matters, you know, not being afraid to speak up for yourself and about yourself because nobody's going to give you help, you know, without you asking for it. And then not only that, you can ask for help, but they actually, you know, for some reason, some people have to see that you actually need help. So don't be afraid to tell your story. That's one thing I noticed, like telling your story makes people way, feel way more, make, make, feel way more uh, comfortable with uh, helping you because they know you've been such through a rough time, you know? Right. It makes you, it makes you relatable. It makes you right. relatable. Yeah. So Adam, did you have a final question? Because we're running over and I hope everyone's okay with staying on maybe about another five to 10 minutes. Uh, well, well okay. <clears throat> go ahead. I'm sorry, did anybody say anything? Well, okay. I just wanted to say on the, on the financial aid, you can sometimes petition to, and to, you can try to, sometimes get an exception if you're mm -hmm. between your parents and on your own and our staff can usually help you figure out how to get uh, through that the, ch the challenge is they don't always ask people don't always offer the help and people don't always know that they they, they look at the, the requirements and think oh I don't know I don't, I don't qualify and and as it was said before try because of asking for help from the community college staff that's what all of our employees are there for there's no reason for any community college person to be there if it's not for our students the whole right. reason we're there is to help the Adams and the tiaras of the world that's the whole reason our all of our employees are there that's right. it so to and make sure to ask and there's sometimes and I, exceptions and no Scott you're right and I just real quick I just want to say that um that that uh Actually, that you're right. That did help me because what I ended up doing is because I wasn't considered technically homeless yet because my home, all my mail was still being sent to my parents' house, even though I was out the house. So what I ended up having to do was go to an outside resource. They called this one, and it was just by the grace, once again, by the grace of God. They said they didn't do it, but um, I had a guy named by James Rolfe. He gave me a homeless verification. And that's what really started off everything. Once I got that homeless verification, that kind of just set in motion for everything that helped me out. So you're right. There are people who help you because I went to the financial aid office at West LA and they, they helped me. They, they did everything in their power to help me. They gave me the appeal and everything. And it went through and I eventually got financial aid. So you're right. It, the, the, the issue isn't, get it the issue isn't the help it's the pathway to the help because right. we know it's there i know it's there sanctuary oh brotherhood crusade uh on um, the good seed they're all there trio path they're all there it's just the path to get there that's the hardest that's what we i feel like is the biggest way we have to show students you know students that are going through the community college um 
pathway now because of what I went through. You know, like I said, I graduated in 2015, and this is my first semester here now in 2020 at Grambling State University. So it took me five years to get to this point. I'm proud of myself, you know what I'm saying? But I want to be able to make cut that time down shorter and make it less difficult for people behind me. And that's why I was so excited to do this call. I think we, we all should, have to do. should be proud. Carlin, yeah, we should. So, we, Carlin, before you do that, I want to ask Jerry this question. Me, so is the ombudsman person that you are suggesting also um, a homeless liaison? Because I think that's also too one of the challenges that we have still within the community college district is even finding quickly identifying who those liaisons are, especially for those young people who identify. You're absolutely correct. And, and yes, the ombudsman would be the point person. They, they wouldn't necessarily be the subject matter expert that would actually mm -hmm. address it. But the ombudsman as a concept has their finger on every resource that is available and can direct a student in any direction that they need to go for the specific assistance that they need without them having to dedicate the, the, the or navigate their way through the system to find out the resource that they need. That, that, that it's a simplification, but the, but the ombudsman themselves, uh, they might not be the person that addresses and resolves the issue, but they're the resource for the student. They're, but their, their main expertise is literally keeping tabs on the resources that come and go and develop and, and are shut down, et cetera through the, 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 the entire campus. Great. Yeah, so no, Adam, okay. was that your last and final question? <laughs> Adam? I wanted to address yeah. really quickly, 30 seconds, what he had said. Okay. Um, Adam, I think, it, you know, it, this works two ways. It works for students speaking up, but I think we need to do a better job of advertising the people that we have on campus that, that, that are already doing the work. Like Scott had mentioned, there are people already doing this work. We need to do a better job of advertising that. We need to yeah. really, really ramp that up. No, so for sure. Students come in, there is a massive sign. For if sure. If you are in need of resources, go see this guy with the big Instagram <laughs> arrow. No, seriously. You know what I mean? Seriously. It makes it, it, it makes a difference no. just because, like I said, it makes a difference just because, like I said, which why I, like that's literally you hit the nail on the head. That's literally the reason why I called myself a scavenger was because of how I felt like I was just picking up the bits and pieces wherever I could. Like it seems it, it's it's funny because it's how everything is connected. The reason how I got connected with Sanctuary of Hope is because I saw Miss Lulu on West LA campus and I overheard her talking about getting housing and I just but. And, and that's the way you do it. Honestly, I feel you because when I was homeless, I did cross-pollination. I went to 24-Hour Fitness to take showers. I got a membership to yes. take showers. I yep. sat in Starbucks parking lot so I could do my we homework. Use the Wi-Fi. Wi yep. You know what I'm McDonald's. saying? I go to McDonald's because they got coffee and they might be mm -hmm. open 24 hours and mm -hmm. get really chummy with the people there. They give free coffee. Exactly. Um, you know, I, I used to brush my teeth in my McDonald's in the morning. Exactly. So, you know, you do the... You do the cross-pollination outside the campus, we need to broadcast a person on the campus that's able to do that for you. And right. there should be a sign at every campus entrance. If you are in need of resources, go to see this person. Big old Instagram arrow pointed to the building. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, we, we, we can do a better job at that because you shouldn't have to overhear a conversation. Amen. You should, this should be sort of a package handed to you when you go into 
to sign right. up for classes. That's right. So That's we right. could do a better job at that. Well, you know, interesting, we have homeless navigators that have been paid for at some of our campuses, but people don't know about it. And so there are people that are paid, trained to help homeless students find housing and nobody knows. We're doing a very bad job in getting the information out and we have to do a better job. We do, we need signs, we need, we need, a, we need greeters, we need people no, at the campus to welcome people. And that's why I want these student ambassadors. I want at least a hundred students that can help direct people that have gone through this, like Adam, that are in their last year at community mm -hmm. college. I want to pay the Adams of the world and the TRs of the world to spend a couple hours helping other students navigate these systems. And it just takes, you know, on, on my board, I can't do anything as one trustee. Uh, so I'm in, running for seat five, but I have to have people like Jerry elected in order to change how we do business so that we're student focused. So there are people on the campus like Carlin that, that do this, that help students every day. It's just Adam couldn't find them always. Tiara can't find them. We need to do a better job and that's on us. Right. Absolutely. And, and that student ambassador, that sounds like the perfect ombudsman. It sounds like somebody that has already had to navigate all that stuff and knows where all of that. That, that sounds like the perfect fit right there. And that's what I was going to suggest, make the students the ombudsman because it just it, it makes it makes so much more sense because Absolutely. they know both sides. You know, And the students, to take the truth, the students are going to give it to you more straight than anybody else because Say they're that. the ones going to Say do that. it. Say that. Students listen there, to students. And, 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 and the chime in, there was a comment on Facebook that says that maybe the admissions applications should add a question to help flag some of these students' needs so yeah. that you could all formulate that into your plan. Because and, and I don't remember the application asking anything about me being homeless. But 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 even that too. But you know, a lot of these things come up as 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 life and goes on. No, yeah, that's uh, right too. And, because, and, and so we want to yeah. we want to make sure that we 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 have a proactive, affirmative way to catch them as they occur no, after right. the application process. You're right. So right. so what, what we have to do also, and the, I agree with Jerry, hundred percent, Scott, hundred percent. We have to be forward thinking to think of things that are going to happen before they happen. So Wild we shouldn't have road. to wait for something to happen to think of the reaction. We are. should be there way forward thinking. What will happen if this happened? We need to get this in place. So what we're able to do, and the reason, I'm going to just toot my horn for 10 seconds. What we're able to do to catch reentry students coming into the campus, is we simply put a banner on the front of the page, the homepage at the bottom. If we said, get connected, reentry services, we went from in August of 2018 to now, we went from zero students in a program, we now have over 525 in a program because wow. it's about placement of, of advertising. We also mm -hmm. let them know every campus, everywhere on the campus, there's a poster with my name and the program's name on it. More importantly, the program. So they know as soon as they walk on, they don't have to admit or say they were incarcerated. They can see the flyer and call. You know, we put that in the PO's office. We put it, we got to really brand. We got to be like Nike. We obviously, mm -hmm. you know, the Nike, yeah. you know, right. you know, Nike, McDonald's, and, and you know, a Coca Cola by the time you're two years old. Right. right? That's right. what we have to do. Right. This is what so, we do. Listen, everyone, I think we could go on and on about student supports areas where we need to um, see some improvement, areas where we uh, need to expand on our student voices. 
I think we got a lot of nuggets out of today's discussion as well as life lessons for our, our community college students to walk away with. And so what I would like for you all to do, normally um, we end our Woke Moments podcast with a very specific statement about what your Woke Moment is, which can be something inspirational, it could be a quote or something that you want to leave the audience to think and, and, and not only to think about, but also to take action on as well. And so just, just some of the things that I, I think that came out of this, the discussion today is, is number one, we really need to, to find better ways to improve on student supports and navigation especially during a time of COVID where a lot of the access is already cut off and the need for emotional support, mental support, and people support are extremely important right now. Um, as in Adam's case, you know, it, one of the things he brought up, and I think it kind of went past everyone, was he was a part of the community college, um, the community college district for five years and now he's transferred. So thinking about that in the future, how can we reduce that exactly. time of many of those young people entering into the system, getting either through their student supports, but also getting the necessary classes that they need, having the counselor supports that are readily available so that um, those individuals can reduce their time Three, as, in, as it relates to Christina, we do have those students who enter into the community college district who are parenting. And so now we're in a period where students can't get their childcare on campus, but also at the same time have to navigate and find ways to find childcare in order to participate um, in their academic studies. And what do we need to do in the future, right, as we plan to open up whenever that happens, but also as of right now, how can we ensure that those supports are there for those who are parenting to be successful within the community college um, district as well, or or community college. So all of our, our, our young people definitely, I think, in some way displayed and articulated how um, not only they're empowering themselves and that they are thriving, but also at the same time what they have needed and what they have found to be useful in order for them to persist and complete their studies within the system. So giving that as a takeaway, when we talk about your woke moment, what would you say um, is your woke moment? So when we do that, we, we normally start off with my woke moment is, or even my woke moment was um, for the audience. So who would like to go first? I'll go, I'll take a, a shot at it. Okay. Uh, I've actually got two quick ones. My woke moment is a trade education and trade certification 
is just as valuable toward your quality of life and income stability as a college degree. When I was in, in 2008, when the, the Great Recession hit, uh, those of us with college degrees were a little bit more expendable than those that had skills with their hands. And so that's a, a woke moment. But another woke moment, my woke moment is that we need a total quality of life approach to uh, uh, academic and student success, such as the childcare issues, such as the housing issues, such as the income issues. You know, it, it, one of the problems in the general workforce is that the workforce is going to have problems coming back if there's not a child care solution and a school solution in place at the same time. And so right. the, the same reality for our students. We've got to address all of those different pieces that go to a student's life if we're going to actually empower them and position them for success. All right. Thank you, Jerry. Next. Um, Arlen? I, I would say my woke moment happened on December 30th, 1996. That's when my daughter was born. Um, and it was me realizing that beyond just, I have to leave a legacy on this planet and I have to leave something that she can look to and be very proud of. Um, subsequently I have six children. I have five boys, one girl. So she's the matriarch of the entire clan. Um, so I have like to that. give her, I have to give her something to look forward to. And it's funny, the woke, my woke moment became when my daughter actually went to LA trade tech to finish her community college um, to get her um, AA. And then she's transferred to Cal State East Bay. Um, I was lucky to, be, lucky to be a veteran, so she goes to school for free, which is a very, it's a thing that we need to ask our students. Who in your family is a veteran? Who, mm -hmm. you know, who do you know that, you know, we can work on those, those, those resources for them. But it was funny, my daughter approached me and this was the woke moment. She says, how many people do you know it's like, I was like, what do you mean? Uh, like, everybody knows you. Uh, <laughs> I said, well, that's the, that's, that's the legacy. That's it. You know, right. if I work with enough people and I bless enough people and I help them, they'll be able in some way to bless you down the road. So that was my woke moment. Great. Scott? So um, one thing, I, I learned a lot today, and I'm so thankful to be have been a part of this. Um, Scully is an incredible resource to help students get opportunity, opportunity to go to college. I think, thank you for sharing that. Um, I hope we can share that with more people. Um, and then more importantly, I think I learned today from Ms. Hill that we need to do a better job helping students. And I really think that what I wanna do if reelected is join with Jerry and others and get our district to reach out to students before they need help before their problems get too much. And we don't do that. We wait for them to come to us. And so my woke moment today on this call was that there's lots of students that, that are on the edge and that if we reach out to them now, we might be able to save them and help them and help them change their lives because community college turned my life around and I know it's gonna turn millions of people's lives around. So. Thank you and God bless all of you for being a part of this and thank you for all the good work you all do every day. Uh, Ms. Kelly, thank you so much for doing this. I, you. You know, my, I didn't share, my day job is working with people in the system. Um, I work with the probation department and, and oh, wow. um, one of the things I've been trying to do in my day job is, is turn juvenile facilities that used to lock young people up 
into training centers uh, that would give people training that would yep. give people opportunity second opportunities to go to community college but have a safe place to live so people yes. students and so I, I just so much want to learn more about what you do miss kelly and and carlin because there are hundreds of, of young people in the system today um, that need help and so i just want to thank you for what you do well thank you for joining us christina <laughs> I think Christina, can you hear? Yes. She's me. Yes. My woke moment was learning about Scully and um, knowing that there is people willing to help um, all the youth in our journey of community college. All right. Thank you. Um, my woke moment for me would be uh, checking back into community college after I went through all the ordeal I did with my mental illness. Because the mental illness label was stamped on me, people felt like I couldn't do some of the things that I used to. They felt like they had to protect me from a lot of things, shield me from a lot of things. And my woke moment was when I snapped out of that and realized I could do it. I'm going to finish yes. and I'm going to be successful in life. Yes, you are going to be successful. The phoenix has risen. <laughs> yes. And Adam, save you for last. <laughs> um, it's funny that um, I was just thinking about my woke moment. I've known my woke moment for a long time. It's funny that uh, I just saw it and reminded myself of it. It was, I remember it was a couple days before Christmas. And I had just, like, it, I was going through a rough patch. Like, I was going through a real rough patch. Um, I spent Thanksgiving really alone after I, and I just got out of jail. When I got out of jail, the, my girlfriend I had been with for a long time, she had left me. So I was at the lowest of the low, bottom of the bottom. And at the same year, I'm, I grew up off of Crenshaw and Slauson. So most of y'all know that it, where that is. And, and so, yes. um, um, and also Nipsey Hussle was a big influence in my life with his music and the message that he spoke in his music. So obviously that's the, the year that we also lost him. So I remember sitting in the back right there on Crenshaw and Slauson. It was probably around like two o'clock in the morning, like, and just looking at the big uh, mural of him, just sitting there crying and crying just because I just felt like, you know, I was, everything was just going wrong. And I remember sitting there in the car, like two o'clock in the morning. And um, I don't know, I don't know what it was. Like, I don't know how it was said about once again, I just say it's the grace of God. I remember sitting there, I just felt like it was just a moment in my life where I saw people kept going and people were always bringing candles to the memorial and things like that. So. Mm -hmm. It's two o'clock in the morning on Crenshaw and Slauson. I see three candles. Both of them are lit. Two on the outside are lit. And there's not the middle. One in the middle wasn't lit. And I don't know what it was. They weren't my candles, but it was something about me lighting that final candle in the middle. It was like, it just, it was something about it that completed everything. And I just knew that that 2020 was going to be a year for me. And I kind of got discouraged with the pandemic and still being homeless and everything like that. But the, that that was my woke moment right there. It was about December. It was probably like I want to say December twentieth, where I sat in that, where I sat in that car, and I I made my promise to myself that twenty twenty I was gonna be all gas, no brakes. You know, and that, it's funny at that time I didn't really knew what that meant. I I never I really didn't know what that meant. I just know I was destined for something greater, and I'm here now, and I still have a lot more to go. Like I said. Uh, it's been a great journey. I appreciate everybody for coming here. Um, go Tigers. 
All right. Well, thank you all. And again, um, I want to thank the audience for joining us for Woke Moments. I want to thank you for, for even having or being a part of this discussion around community colleges and helping our young people thrive. Please know that you are a very important part of what we consider our community. You are a very important part of, of what we consider or who we consider our village. And again, um, I want to thank our community college students. You are you all are fantastic. You're resilient. You're smart. And I am so extremely proud of you. And I believe everyone who's here and participated in our Woke Moments podcast today, um, we're extremely proud of you too. So again, you all, thank you for joining us and have a great evening. Thank you for listening to Woke Moment. For more information about our organization, please visit SOH.org. Subscribe to us for a woke moment wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at the underscore SOH underscore LA and on Facebook and Instagram at Sanctuary of Hope LA. Why God?